And welcome to Astronaut Illusions. We are back on the Starship Enterprise. We're on the Enterprise D. We are also uh, on a, a different kind of version of the Enterprise C, and that's because if you watched our last uh, Star Trek episode, you probably guessed that this is the one that we were going to do. However, uh, sometimes scheduling, I'll say that we're going to do an episode and then it comes six months later. This didn't come six months later. We're actually doing it within a reasonable time frame. We are doing yesterday's Enterprise, and we have brought back a guest from uh, the last time that we checked in with Tasha Yar. Actually, also the last time we did Star Trek. And given the podcast mm -hmm. more recent, uh, I've been taking more time off to work on other stuff. Uh, this is one of our more recent episodes, Skin of Evil, but uh, today we're going to do Yesterday's Enterprise, and we have uh, Natty Strange is back with us. Natty, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Natty Strange. Uh, I I do jokes. I do organizing. I'm the co-author of a webcomic called Pokey the Penguin. Uh, newly, I'm a video game streamer. <laughs> But I also have a new Star Trek blog called Deep Space Nat, which you can find at deepspacenat.com. And I love talking with Ian about Star Trek, so <laughs> happy to be here. As we did with the last time, we will link – well, we'll link to all of it, but uh, uh, Deep Space Nat as well. Uh, and just – so this episode is really a sequel to the Skin of Evil one. However, since – I mean, Star Trek The Next Generation, you, you don't have – you don't really have – there are very few episodes you really have to watch in order – and that's also true of the podcast. It probably would be smart to listen to Skin of Evil. If you hate that episode and you think Yesterday's Enterprise, if, you've, if you're discovering this episode, you've Googled Yesterday's if you found us through other means, if you've never listened to the show before, you do not have to listen to that episode. You should, but you don't have to because uh, – but, but you should because it's, it's – You fun. should. You should. You <laughs> should. Spend, spend all your time with it. Listen to all of the – there are some – Every yeah, single some, episode. Just listen to every episode. There, of there's the a podcast. random Thomas the Tank Engine episode. Where we, there's actually not, and we do actually mention random. I don't want to be dishonest to people uh, most of the time. Anyway, <laughs> yesterday's Enterprise. And it's the first Star Trek episode we've ever done that isn't inherently stupid. Skin of Evil, Threshold. Yes. Uh, I mean, Ponfar. Is Ponfar stupid? Yeah, kind of, kind of. But it's fun, and those are all fun, and... The beauty of Star Trek is it really does run the gauntlet in terms of quality. You've got some really, really great ones, and then you've got some absolute stinkers. There's like 800 episodes. That's bound to happen with anything. So, yeah, and that's what part. That's part of what makes it so fun. Exactly. You never know what you're gonna get in terms of quality if you're just watching through and you're like a new Star Trek viewer. Well, especially if you're if you're if you're watching the Next Generation, it's almost. Like, you can't tell a casual fan, oh, yeah, yeah, start with The Next Generation and start in Season 1. You have to, like, say, no, 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 here's a list. I here's know. a list Disclaimer. of episodes you should check out first because of how bad a lot right. of them are. I mean, Season... Yeah, it's like you have to get their level of commitment. Like, are you... Do you think you're going to watch the whole thing through? Like, this big, big warning that Seasons, especially 1, 2... And yeah, just just iffy all around. Yeah, and well, I mean, this episode exists. Well, it, it it really is kind of like a Frankenstein's monster in terms of episodes of the ideas. It has uh, six, four credited screenwriters, two are credited with the story, and then Michael Pilar uh, also uh, didn't go credit, wasn't credited for his work. But like this, the script had a lot of different eyes, and it was a hodgepodge of time travel, but then also. 
let's have let's let's give Tachi Yar a uh, send off that isn't a pile of sludge who's an insole like Armis, <laughs> uh, and you know, and let's also bring Guinan in. Also, there's all these different vec uh, all these different vectors sort of converging. And uh, they're, they're, they're bringing us to, to this point of a very, very special episode. I think this is really one of uh, top ten episode of The Next Generation. Probably this yeah. best episode of season three. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. And it's unique. Like, it, there really isn't another episode, like, that does this kind of alternate time. Like... The the mirror universe, if I'm remembering correctly and not just totally blanking, like TNG, we don't go to the mirror universe, I believe. And so th- this is like kind of the, almost the closest thing to it in in TNG. And so it, it, it kind of has that. If uh, O'Brien had been in this episode, it could have been the uh, first appearance of Smiley, who was such a fun, right. fun character in the, the Deep Space Nine. I love Smiley. Or they could have just like flipped him over to another border and made him like Scottish or something. <laughs> well, this episode would be great. This episode is very 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 important to continuity and it, it's actually important to continuity. Oh yes. Not because of Tashiar, but it is the first time that Worf consumes a certain beverage. <laughs> I was going to mention <laughs> it opens with one of my favorite Worf scenes ever. Prune juice. His first warrior's drink. Yeah, his first, <laughs> his first time he ever drank prune juice, which uh, Quark really was not a fan of serving him on, <laughs> on uh, at his bar in Deep Space Nine. Actually, Nat does a really right? good. You want to do your Quark impression? Oh no, I don't <laughs> do Quark. I do cousin Gala. Warp core breach. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Quark, Quark's voice is harder though, but I I do love how much shit he gives. He gives Worf for for drinking prune juice because, like, it it, it makes sense for Klingon because you have smooth moves on the battlefield and the commode. Yeah, he's he's got really great uh, bowel move. Yeah, that's that's really great. That's important. That you know we're we're getting to the the great stuff. But uh, this episode, it it's a weird. I'm trying to think of like how exactly to to best uh, attack this episode, but. When the Enterprise C comes through the wormhole, I, I keep I, I kept thinking about how remembering with with Voyager how the temporal prime directive was like really kind of codified there, and and now we're right we're dealing with something like even the original series dealt with the time, temporal prime directive a bit, but it, there, were, there weren't really solid rules. And we've got this ship right. in, and Picard is kind of like worried. What do I do? And everything changes. And actually, speaking of Voyager. When uh, the time shift comes, the Enterprise D really looks a hell of a lot like the vo- vo- uh, the Voyager bridge, and with the lighting and stuff. Oh uh, yeah, it's a much more it's it's a way better Enterprise. I know. I was gonna say I I think the I think it looks like so much cooler, and like not only that, like everyone just looks hotter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like the, the lighting. lighting is better on them, but then they also have like these different outfits, like. For some reason, everybody's hair is slicked back. <laughs> yeah, like inexplicably, like clearly in this other timeline, they're going through some kind of like fashion trend with like a greaser look. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Tasha Yar's hair is really. I mean, she's really protruding. She she does look like she's about to go to a lesbian bar. I know, I know. With so the... where where on the foot scale would you put 
yesterday's enterprise tasha yar like soft butch butch or stone butch or uh, something else it's almost like she's like it's like a very professional butch like she's she could go to an interview and then be named like very polished polished yeah (laughs) which which, professional butch and i mean this episode also has uh christopher mcdonald uh playing uh, castillo which is uh you know, I think he did a great job. It's always good to see Shooter McGavin in these types of roles. I remember him on, uh, <laughs> yeah. he was on Stargate Universe as well, uh, much, much, uh-huh. much, much later. He's a Star Trek fan. But um, it was definitely, it's weird for me as somebody who just looks at Tashiar and thinks lesbian to then have, uh, you know, she, she, she develops a very, very, very quick relationship with I know. Castillo. It's like not even a single episode romance. It's like a partial episode romance. Like how many how many scenes do you even see them together? You don't even see them have that much dialogue before they're like leaping into each other's arms kind of thing. You don't really see that much even chemistry bef- between them, I feel like. But well, and like also is is they're from two different times like does this count as a problematic age gap relationship <laughs> yeah well and they're all doing it she's got her um she's got her former fling i mean it's not clear if she had sex with data in this this timeline oh that's true yeah she could have just totally not who knows but his hair is also slicked back so that would have been an interesting <laughs> the greatest, the greatest, the greatest, dil- the greatest vibrator on the planet, Lieutenant Commander Data. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, yay. <laughs> well, it's weird because. Uh, programmed in multiple techniques. Oh, yay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too, too early in the podcast for this talk. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes. This is like, this That's is great. like, this is like a solid, like, 40 minute, 40 minute talk. But it's interesting. Tasha comes back, and I mean, it's not like the first season had that many like really great developed relationships, and yet she doesn't really spend any time here with uh, Jordy. Uh, Worf, Worf isn't in the new timeline, uh, and Data. Da- right. Yeah. I mean, it's. W- I th- I think they're kind of foreshadowing that in the beginning. You know how like Star Trek does this thing where they like foreshadow. When I was watching like the beginning part, I was like, "Yes, Warriors drink. I love this scene." And then I was thinking like. What could this be foreshadowing? And then it hit me like, oh, duh, like Worf is not in the alternate timeline because they're at war with the Klingons in this alternate timeline. But then they're also talking about how like Worf like can't, you know, Guinan's like, oh, Worf, you should seek out companionship. And Worf is like, oh, you know, I'm I'm a Klingon. I'm like too aggro, and like none of these women would be able to handle my like Klingon BDSM sensibility. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> too, too early in the podcast. But it's a very weird conversation he has with Guinan about know. like no, it's strange. No, in like a very short amount of time. I mean, I cover the gamut. As somebody who's had a vagina, if we're just gonna go there, um, as somebody who's had a vagina for like uh about a year and a half now. Uh, there have been some people where I've been like, yeah, I don't know if I could take them and just mean it like, I don't know if I literally have the depth to. So I could relate. Literally. I, yeah, I, I, I could exactly. relate to Worf on that front. But um, That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's interesting. It was definitely in, was this episode, like 1990? Uh, yeah, that. Yeah. It was 1990. Well done. Uh, yeah, that uh, definitely right? wasn't wasn't on their mind. But uh, 
we get we get Tasha back, and it, it's interesting that this episode managed to kind of bring closure to one character, while also just like it wasn't like the whole episode was designed to do that because there's a lot of really great philosophical questions, and it's all kind of triggered. This episode, right, w- right. this episode wouldn't really work without Guinan. Oh yeah, no, she she's like the key in the episode. Like, and we could talk about that later, like these ethical questions and stuff. But you can't really not listen to Guinan when she's trying to tell you something, especially if she is trying to tell you something as big as like, yo, we're not supposed to be in this universe or like in this timeline right now. Like everything's fucked up. We're not supposed to be at war like this. Like, who is Tasha? Like, what the fuck? I, I somehow I know her, but I'm not supposed to. <laughs> like, you kind of just have to trust her instinct. She's, she's, she's not wrong on literally anything. Like, she's always correct. Well, she doesn't. Well, it, it, it's funny. It's funny that you know the two crew members who are not here in this different timeline would be Worf, and then uh, somebody whose primary job is to talk, talk about her feelings. Uh, ben Shapiro probably doesn't like uh, Deanna Troy because facts facts <laughs> right. don't care about your feelings. But in, I know in, too many feelings in Star Trek. Apparently, basically, feelings are facts, uh, which right is 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 important, but um. It's also with abolish the facts feelings binary. We need to we need to go past the separation of facts and feelings. It's it's really cool that uh you know Data brought up a good point in this episode uh when they're asking you know how could how could Guinan and her species get uh how 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 could they understand how could they know this kind of stuff and he says well what if they uh, what if this species kind of it, it exists beyond sort of linear time? Which right. They have like this fifth dimensional perception where you, you don't even like have this perception of like past and future, but like also multiple past and futures. I'm not like a like a, a physics person. I don't know if that's the fifth dimension, but y- you know what I mean? Like. It it could be intrinsic to her species. You never you never really know. Well, it's like it it kind of highlights a a real great uh you know something that science fiction a lot of the time you, you a big complaint about science fiction from the LGBTQ community is like oh you know you can have all these different aliens and guess what they're all heterosexual like it's it's right it's, I know so so to to ha- to have a species that possesses an ability that we really can't understand it, it's nice that they don't try to paint the entire universe in terms that humans americans could could really put into you know it, it, it's not like oh this whole universe is a microcosm for you know american culture which uh right a lot of these shows can feel so for them to say like you know this is an exploring show and for them to explore something i'm i'm always i'm I'm really bad at science and physics and all of that, but I'm I'm constantly fascinated by the depths of not only uh, of of sort of what humans have been able to learn over the past hundred years and stuff, and then the great mysteries that we have no clue, like like the Big Bang theory, uh, not the TV show, the actual theory, <laughs> right? Like the Big Bang, and I've always tried to counter that with like, what if there didn't need to be a Big Bang? What if there was literally always just the universe, like there. Right, because we think of storytelling and all this stuff as beginning, middle, and end. What if, what if there just always was a beginning? Right, and how, 
how much how much living and exploring has gone on in this like potentially infinite period of time like you would have such a diversity of life and and that's that's like i totally agree with you on like the you know exploring exploring alien uh concepts and characteristics that are like very different from our experience on earth and what we know like I, one of one of the episodes that sticks out to me, I forget what it was called, but it was when like the three uh, alien ambassadors from this one new uh, planet that the, I guess they're making first contact with come onto the Enterprise. It's a TNG episode, and it's the one where like each of them is exploring one different human concept that they don't understand. Like uh, I think it's like love, aggression, and like hedonism or like enjoyment or something and they they not only do they just like not understand these concepts whatsoever but they go about trying to learn about them in a way that in you know human culture federation culture whatever would be totally criminal because they end up like kidnapping the captain and and so it's like it's it's these these new and interesting concepts from from aliens that are that are like truly not, you know, something that we have seen and experienced on Earth that I think um, make some of the more interesting species on on Star Trek in general. Yeah, I mean, moral of the story, you know, really get weird. Uh, we, it, yes. it, it works. It works. The weirder, weirder they get. And I mean, this 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 timeline is totally a mess. Like, not not necessarily the timeline in this episode, but but the way they handle oh, it's it's it's. I'm always kind of interested, like, I think Avengers Endgame did it kind of right with, you know, you can go back in time and change things, but, like, that doesn't really change the present, because the present already happened, but, uh, you know, here, things, you know, this rift could change everything, and yet, like, nothing fundamental, I mean, nothing that we know fundamentally changed when the Enterprise C, when they, when Captain Rachel Garrett comes aboard. Like right, wouldn't that right. wouldn't that wouldn't that itself also trigger changes? Yeah, it's a, it's almost like an inadvertent um, uh, breaking of the the temporal prime directive, right? Where like they they almost have to go back and instead of like watching out for like being cautious of breaking the temporal prime directive or whatever, they almost have to like go and and reverse it and like fix the timeline. So they they have to approach it from like the the. Uh, opposite angle yeah and it's interesting because they've got you know there's really kind of like three options with regard to to what to do they could you know help the enterprise c they could arm the enterprise c with all of these uh uh, missiles and extra stuff as as jordy says uh they could choose completely non-intervention and then also if they just decided to just sit there and do nothing, that's kind of a decision in and of itself. Uh, right, right. Yeah, so... And so they have to, like, explore, like, you know, what what options of these will, will cause the greatest, like, reduction in, in loss of life. Well, this is not a concern that Discovery apparently seems to have at all because I we, know, we have right? a spaceship that goes into the future... Uh, where they're just like 700 years in the future and they're just learning about non-binary people. That's kind of uh, Star Trek. Maybe not not the most right. progressive thing in the planet. Uh, yeah. The, right. It's strange. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, it's it just, it's this conundrum. I don't know how you can make a temporal prime directive. What, like, what, 
because you've got all these different Starfleets essentially across the timeline, and to establish this set of rules that they all have to go by, what if like a thousand years in the future they're like, no, this was actually a really bad idea. Let's overrule it, and their democratic institution just gets you know they, they well, it's really more of a social democratic socialism uh, Starfleet. They decide, you know, right, we, right. we have to get rid of it. I mean, what it, and does that overrule the past Prime Directive? How can we have? No, it's super confusing. Like, with, with, like, how do you even follow that? How do you enforce it? Like, how, even, even if, like, there's, you know, temporal agents or whatever in the future, like, how far into the future can they reach to even know the answer to those questions? Yeah, and with, with kind of with regard to Tasha's sort of place in all of this, I guess we're just kind of bouncing. Well, we don't have to take the episode uh, completely linearly. We're just talking about the 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 concepts as we've. As it's we, not linear. It's not. It's not because if Tasha Yar died a different way, and now she goes and dies this way, they've clearly violated the temporal prime directive, and yet they didn't get they didn't get a visit from the time cops that came to talk to Janeway. Right. Where are those people? <laughs> Why are those people not here as well? They, this is you know, Voyager's only a couple of years later. You'd think it's just this is. I know the writers are like we haven't thought of them yet. <laughs> we didn't get the idea for them at this point, <laughs> but yeah, time cops. Time cops should definitely be intervening. This would be like one of those. Those like little little red flashing buttons on their their panel of all of the the different timelines being like yo there is a huge huge temporal issue happening like right here that you should probably go check out but no this the, in some ways like I I got in my head trying to think of what was like cleaner this or with the Terminator John Connor sending his like deputy Kyle Reese back in time to protect and then subsequently impregnate his mother giving birth to him <laughs> like that that's like kind of a mess but it's also somewhat of an enclosed mess and this I look at all these different layers of you know what if everything was totally screwed up because Tasha wasn't killed by Armis the insul right what if the right, whole right, show right. what if the whole show is different because of of that and yet, Guinan doesn't know how Tashiar died. No, but, but she could just kind of sense it. She knows, her. yeah, she yeah. knows that it was meaningless. That's like I know, I know. That's why I was like, I was laughing about that because they're almost like acknowledging how stupid her death was, like in in Skin of Evil. I love that. It's almost like, yeah, we we kind of fucked up with that one, but eh, we're 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 trying to redeem it here. I I kind of wonder because I mean Gene Roddenberry was sort of heavily involved in the first season, then got sick, and it was like less so. I wonder if right, like right. by season three they're like, you know, we've really got to because I was I was doing some reading. One of the the guy who came up with the story, Michael. Oh no, Eric Eric A. Stillwell wrote a book, The Making of Yesterday's Enterprise, and I read a bit of that in preparation for this. And well, what's really fascinating about this episode also is it was like in Star they they opened up for the Next Generation. Anyone could submit spec scripts, which right. Oh, I wish that was still a thing. People ask <laughs> me, like, yeah. People ask me all the time, yeah. how do I break into the business? I'm like, well, good fucking luck. <laughs> good fucking luck, dude. Yeah, good luck. 
How do I break in? Yeah, I just have like a magic button here you can press and then it'll warp you to a timeline where breaking into this industry or like breaking in is like an easier thing to accomplish. <laughs> yeah, you know you you the probably the easiest break the temporal Yeah, exactly. I was about to say that. Yeah, the best the easiest way to break into the business is to go into the future and then go into the past and have, you know, write yesterday's TV shows today. Yeah, exactly. But um it, it it's it's kind of fascinating that it took like a spec script from an outside perspective for them to because if this was like a show where you had the same showrunner the entire time they would never have allowed this kind of do over they wouldn't have cared the fact that literally apparently everybody on the planet from Denise Crosby to the writers to the fans they all hated they all hated the way that Tasha Yar left and it felt like right. so, it felt like such an injustice because yeah, I mean, even even if you know she comes back, she comes back after this. It's it's you know there there's a lot of it, it's touching. It's it's great that she got to you know still be part of the the franchise, but like to see this 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 is the episode that really faces that head on and says, yeah, didn't that suck? Right. <laughs> that one that one was a fuck up. <laughs> it's like it's it's really it's very unique like. And 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 Guinan, Guinan really leans heavily into this. This was a you you died a meaningless death. It was like uh, yeah. data in that episode. No redeeming quality whatsoever. It's almost like that line was paraphrased. Like this just it shouldn't have happened. This is as close as a show ever gets to saying, "Yeah, we made a mistake." Yeah, seriously. And I think like so. Denise Crosby, like, um, for anybody who's listening who may not know this, she she was, like, having second thoughts about being on the show and didn't really like the way her character, like, the direction that the, her character was going in and kind of wanted to uh, voluntarily terminate <laughs> her character. And so they, they it, it left this this big question mark for how are, how are we going to kill her off, <laughs> I guess. But, uh, like... By, you know, probably by the time Yesterday's Enterprise was being written and stuff, I think she really wanted to come back to it in some way because I think she was feeling, like, some regrets. And I think she she kind of always has, has held on to, to Star Trek as, like, a big thing in her life. So it really seems like she regretted that initial decision after, you know, after season one got <laughs> ended and the show got better. But... Yeah, she went. Yeah. she went to a fan co- convention. And was like, "Shit, I can work. I could do these for the rest of my life if only I." I know, right? Like, you get tons of money for those things. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, if you're an actor, like doing the start, doing anything where you can like, get on a fandom, and it, it's not even just because uh, a lot of those people that work on those types of shows they make the best guests for this show. Adrian Wilkinson, Michael Hurst, it's a lot of fun to just be able to just jump around the different fandoms. But then those people. You know, they go to all these conventions, and every weekend you get to have adoring fans talk about something that you... This was a long time ago. This was, like, 30 years ago. Uh, right? And and then, like, people are constantly rediscovering it. Like, I wasn't really a big Star Trek fan um, past, like, a few years ago. Like, it, you know, I'm, I'm a newer fan, so I, I feel like a lot of people are, are, are just kind of, you know, discovering Star Trek who are, like... Uh, that's been the, the next generation of people. <laughs> yeah, that's but really that's been a triumph of the uh, streaming era. All the new fans. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been uh, really great. There was a 
it's funny also, like, you know, a lot of these, it's great for uh, new time people watching. I've seen this episode probably three or four times. There was stuff that I, like, subtly heard, like, when they're in the, uh, when they're in sick bay, and the comm says for Dr. Salar to go somewhere. She was a Vulcan who was in an episode of season two, one of them, where they had to go down. Oh, and, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. See, there's all this stuff that you could just, like, pick up with, like, all these rewatches. I mean, I'm, I'm rewatching, you know, DS, like, at the moment, like, I'm on DS9 for, like, uh, I don't know the sixth seventh time i'm not sure but like i always pick up on on new stuff that i didn't notice the first five go arounds or whatever yeah well we're recording this uh may 5th this episode will run next week and you know you you may be discovering this years years later as a lot of people do still download a lot of our back catalog uh just y- yesterday <laughs> yes. yesterday was may the 4th we're watching it uh empire strikes back and i was pick i've seen like a hey. hundred times and i was picking up on stuff yeah it's yeah. It, it's fun about how they g- go through all uh, this and and also for rewatching. it's a lot of fun to just see T- tashiar in uh this episode is the last time that it has that the show has every original every member of the original cast all in the same episode yeah, uh, true, true. So Wesley, Wesley leaves. Uh, Tasha leaves. Uh, Beverly at this point had left and then come back. She's kind of an interesting point in this episode, and it's it's funny because they within yet yesterday's Enterprise they kind of bounce. They're giving these people aid, uh, first aid. Uh, the captain, Captain Garrett, they give her aid, and uh, but they don't want to give her aid in in terms of weapons. So they're kind of like they're kind of like really. The Enterprise D is kind of like half-assedly uh, screwing around with the timeline. They've got this romance, and they've got some band-aids, but what they really need are right. the, the proton torpedoes. I know, I know. They're gonna send. It's not even first aid. It's like fifth aid. <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna go and take on uh five, four four Romulan warbirds. Total mess. No big deal. No big deal. That's gonna go fine. What can go wrong? <laughs> what? Tell me. <laughs> well, kind of the interesting thing is, um, you know, w- what we learn is that the, uh, I mean, this episode kind of runs in parallel, like, kind of interesting, similar sort of themes as uh, the two-parter on Voyager, Year of Hell, where they're, you know, just ragged yeah. and tired. Uh, they're really kind of at the end of the line on this one in terms of, although they still have uh, Guinan and still there serving drinks, even though apparently the... Uh, the drinks are just like military rations. <laughs> like, yeah, give me give me a TPL or whatever whatever they called it. And Castillo's like, "What's a TPL?" And it's like military rations. And he's like, "What the fuck? I thought you were giving me a cocktail. Like, what? The- <laughs> are we drinking some military rations out of a out of a cup? Is this like a, a soylent situation?" <laughs> like, yeah, the repli- the replicator strange. the replicator doesn't. They've got to pare it down. It's like you know going into. So going to McDonald's and finding out they're not serving the McNuggets because they've got to pare it down. You just get your ration. It's you know it's it's actually just the fillet of fish. Um, right. Not a not a great reference, but uh, no, that's disgusting. Uh, don't eat. Don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> now we're all thinking of fillet of fish, and we can't get the image out of our heads. There has never been that's- a person who has told me they like the fillet of fish that I didn't instantly think less of them for that. <laughs> 
was like, yeah, I, I, I think that's a bad quality in a person in general. She's just like bad. <laughs> Good litmus test. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I had Taco Bell yesterday. I, I draw the line of fast food fish. I know, I know. Taco Bell's good though. Yeah, replica. I'd rather eat the ration than. The- yeah, they've got they've got a bartender on this warship, and, and she doesn't she doesn't know the specifics of of what's different about this timeline yet. She she knows they're supposed to be children on the ship. I know. And wait, like chief. Speaking of Chief O'Brien, like not being on this episode, like Chief O'Brien and DS Nine, they make like one, you know canon aspect of his personality um that he loves military rations so like this is this is like an open bar of military rations like god damn why is he not in this episode he would love it <laughs> he would just be like up in that bar maybe maybe that's why he's not in that episode because like he's just like at that bar just like eating non-stop like bottomless all you can eat rations yeah you've got you've got castillo and tasha are making out in the bar and o'brien is next to them and he's guzzling rations that guinan is bringing at like a rapid rate that would be fun yeah i'd like that. yeah some soylent it's like it's kind of like this is this is not an episode that really needed bartending scenes and you, you also kind of had to put guinan and, and tasha are in in the same room i love right, i right. loved how this episode painted how you know what what a mess Guinan was creating with this like sort of trust me thing because if you're somebody who likes empirical evidence likes to like back up their uh statements with like facts and stuff you know if you like the law and all of that there's right. no good reason to listen to her in this instance other than you know you trust her but yeah and she's like never wrong like she you know you kind of want to listen to Guinan when she's talking. Like, if she comes onto the bridge, that's when some real shit's happening. Like, shit's going down if Guinan's, like, on the bridge or, like, calls into the bridge. And she's like, is everything okay? Like, I, I, I remember there was another episode where she did that. Um, where, where she was just, like, you know, trying to get in touch with Picard being, like, hey, is everything all right on the bridge? And he's like, um... Yeah, she does that later in this episode. Towards the end. Heart drops, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's never a good sign. <laughs> she's, like, asking, like, you doing all right? <laughs> You're like, why are you asking this? Am I about to die? Like, did I die already? And uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Ultimate omen of, like, a bad time. What's kind of interesting what her play, like, Guinan and Picard have this really close relationship, and yet when they're in the bridge, when they're in the the senior officers meeting, and they're talking, it's one of the more fascinating, I was talking, uh, before we were recording, I was talking to Nat about how, I think this is probably one of the few episodes where you have an instance, it's often kind of a trope in shows, generally when the lead character is not the captain, where, you know, the lead character knows something, the captain won't listen, and then you go by go behind their back, or the or things go bad because uh, the captain insists, yo, no, you have to listen to me, and then shit starts going right. wrong. This is like the rare instance where the captain says, where everybody's like, this is a really dumb idea, and he says, I don't care, I'm, you know, I trust Gunn, and, and uh, trusting their right, guns, right. pulling rank, and then Picard does end up kind of being right about this, but... 
Yeah. Oh, definitely. I liked how otherwise it... I would be like in this war with the Klingons, which they said they were about to lose. They're like, we're gonna lose like tomorrow. So if we don't do this now, we're like forever hold your peace. We're fucked. Well, I mean, they so... really could have had O'Brien eat all the rations. And... <laughs> I know, right? That's how the war was lost. Is all the rations were eaten. They're gone. Yeah, I mean the 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 desperation of you know this this one ship will not help. We're going. Picard has to carry that with him. I mean, Guinan asked for faith, but from that perspective, and they didn't really totally weave it into this. But from that perspective, it made sense to have faith because what the hell else were they gonna do? I know, right? Like all hope was lost at this point. There's kind of kind of already already like signed your death warrant with like like the the place that they're in with this war apparently like about to like surrender kind of thing and it's like it's it's pretty it's weird to like it's weird to be in a situation where time travel could literally you know a single blip can like change everything cuz you you've also You've also got to deal with the case of, you know, if they made a wrong decision and they die, they don't really know. And if they make a right decision and they don't die, they also don't remember any of it. Yeah, right? Like, you can just wake up and, like, open your eyes and you're just, like, surrounded with babes on Ryza and, like, who knows? Like, a past you could have made some kind of... Uh, amazing alteration to the timeline where you you wake up and suddenly you're just like surrounded by babes constantly and you're like cool awesome this is my new life now I'll take it yeah and uh, the queue is also there Riza god that's a fun place uh, <laughs> hopefully they'll go back get to go back there in Picard but uh yeah it's it's we it's weird because it's it's it it's like the stakes have never are never higher if it's, it's a life and death situation. And yet that also kind of creates low stakes. You, whatever happens, I will right. never know. I'll never know about it. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, though. It's, it's weird. And it's... It, it's kind of weird within that context that they chose... I'm, I'm thinking about the, 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 the... I'd like to talk more about the the uh, Richard Castillo and Tashi R romance because... Not not only not only it, so it's a romance that was obviously not meant to last this episode because if it did then um then they would have failed uh, they're not ma- major characters this is a one and done either way right and yet it, this is it, also a chance to bring Tasha Yar back why does she need to like be romantic with this guy like yeah I don't know it's not even relevant when she like comes back later it's like he I guess he just like dies and goes away but it's it's so they they just like lack yeah her daughter is half is half Romulan yeah exactly does not mate with Castillo no definitely not him I mean it's yeah they didn't have chemistry anyway so maybe they would have broken up like (laughs) I just remember like the first thing like when they're they're just introducing each other, which I feel like all of their on on screen dialogue is them just introducing each other, and then it goes zero to sixty, like bam, like we're together now. <laughs> but when when he's like, um, "Oh, so Guinan called you Tasha," like 
People usually cast, call me Castillo, uh, but my mom calls me Richard. And then, like, like th- that's such a weird thing to say because he's like, do you want to be my mommy too? Like, Ugh. you can call me Richard. <laughs> like, and then she jumps to like, okay, Castillo. And then it turns out that he, he was, like, implying that he wanted her to call him Richard. <laughs> like, you're my new mommy now. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. It's, and this so is all this is this is time travel end game war stuff and yet they're still finding time to bond over uh mess hall rations. I know. <laughs> well, like the reason I kind of bring it up is there's the really really powerful scene between Guinan and Tasha where I mean I have I'm I'm like, like oh my god I died what? Well, <laughs> like the like, yeah. The natural inclination would be to think about, gee, how do I get a timeline where I don't die? <laughs> right. It's not it shouldn't be, oh, I want to die with meaning. And I, I, Yeah. I mean, undercoding this is the reality that I mean, this episode could have ended with, oh, we changed the timeline a little bit. Actually, look, Tasha's back. She's back on the show. Right. That's true. That's so true. They could have they could have totally like finagled some some way some some kind of temporal mechanics that is probably beyond my my pea brain to think of a way to to even like work through the temporal mechanics and figure out how to bring her back but they 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 could have and they didn't sadly well so so from a narrative standpoint like there's there's two things that we have to keep in mind one there is just sort of television show logistics if it happens in one episode like, for all intents and purposes, after yesterday's Enterprise, if we're if we're dealing at th- from this from an analytical taking television, the mechanics of all of that out of the equation, in theory, everything up to this point could be pretty different. Like there there's single up ep- like maybe Code of Honor, the horribly racist episode. Maybe that didn't happen <laughs> as a result of yesterday's Enterprise. Maybe. Uh, other things. I mean, we know that uh, we know that the first episode happened because the episode later, uh, the finale cue comes back and they reference all of that. But um, it is an opportunity with this to, to essentially reset everything that you want. I mean, as a com- yeah. as a comic book I, fan, I know uh, you know they 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 recon all this shit all the time. Right. And if if I had an opportunity to like IRL break the actual temporal prime directive i would definitely uh go back in time and erase code of honor <laughs> that's the first on my my list of stops and then on day 1 also buy all the bitcoin yes exactly and then we we <laughs> all the bitcoin we could be broadcasting this from uh the same room cuz we could have used our teleporter and we could also be using uh broadcasting from a spaceship Right, exactly. We'd have all the money, and we wouldn't be hosting Saturday Night Live after. Because if I was, if I was the richest person in the world, I would not host Saturday Night Live. I'll tell you that. Fuck Elon Musk. Oh my god! <laughs> Cannot wait for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the worst thing I've ever seen, and I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's. Wait, should we give context for that in in case people don't know what the fuck we're talking about? Oh, I guess yeah. Like, if if you're Elon Musk, <laughs> if you're if you're if you're listening to this years down the road, which you might be. I mean, when when we did Skin of Evil, all the other Star Trek episodes, I mean, this happens every time. Every time we do a new Star Trek episode, it leads to massive spikes in the old ones. Uh, if you're listening to this in the future, 
Elon Musk was about to host Saturday Night Live. We haven't seen it yet. We're not going to... This episode actually may yeah. launch after... Is he hosting this week? I, You know, I... I I haven't seen confirmation that he is. is he like definitely hosting oh, yeah. because yeah, I the finale my oh my god oh fun great but yeah he was like workshopping just just if people haven't seen this he was like workshopping like SNL jokes as if he's like a qualified like comedian to like be able to write any amount of humorous jokes because you know the guy who thinks that the Babylon Bee is funny can definitely have a good enough sense of humor to write stuff that like a primetime audience will laugh at. But anyway, he's like, Oh, we should like do um, shark tank, but it's a baby shark or uh, something fucking stupid. I don't know. Yeah. They're all fucking it stupid is. and it like is. the worst possible ideas. And everybody's just ready. We will not him. mention him again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It'll all thus ends this segment. <laughs> the temporal, you'll be listening to this in the future after so you'll have known how bad it was so we'll just say right yeah here's a bit is it is it breaking the temporal prime directive to like go back and edit that out oh no <laughs> I'm edit it. yeah remember how bad that was we actually have we at least one episode we've reacted to something that hadn't happened uh oh we we celebrated trump's loss and he had uh, that would have been bad. No. That would have been bad. Oh my bad, god. Bad, bad, bad. Anyway, back, yes. back. Oh fuck. Let's go back to moral quandaries, which I have in my notes. Moral. Yes. Yes. Moral quandaries. Moral quandaries. My favorite kinds of quandaries. It's. I keep thinking about whether it was the right move to send the Enterprise seat. I mean, if they're gonna. I think. I well, they. Go ahead. Go ahead. They. They. The writers were clearly smart about this because you could debate it to the end of time more so if them losing the war wasn't, like, inevitable. The fact that it's inevitable, it becomes more of a what-the-hell-do-you-have-to-lose question. Right, exactly. It, it, it definitely skews the, the, the conversation in favor of sending it back. But even, I feel like... Even if they weren't about to lose the war, like they do have a casualty count that's presumably in the millions, and it, it it becomes a question of like, you know, do we do we willfully kill off about like a hundred? How many was that? Like a hundred forty or something people on this this ship that um, was probably going to die anyway, to be honest, to like save the lives of millions of people. I, uh, in my opinion seems worth it although it sucks in the moment to just like have to tell these people like guys all right sorry you're just gonna have to like go back and die like uh really sorry about that like here's here's a certificate like uh, we're gonna give you a medal of honor but it's like not even relevant yeah right (laughs) we won't be giving you that well what's kind of interesting is so Tasha goes back in time, assuming she's probably going to die. And yet, mm-hmm. it, if she stayed on the ship, she oh, might have actually died. she might have actually yeah. died there and then wouldn't know. Like, Will Riker right. died. Maybe when everything right, right. was all changed, when the timeline was back, maybe it was Thomas Riker who was there. I know. Bill Riker, as I like to say. <laughs> yeah. He would never have gotten to go to Picard where he had his very important he made pizza. Right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, it's funny because well, it, 
It's like a choose your own, you know, it's like a choose your own adventure, but it's like a choose your own death right. style thing. Like, yeah, yeah. They're not even Absolutely. talking. They're well, they're, when they're in, when they're in, when they're with the senior officers and they're talking about, you know, do we, do we send her back or not? It's kind of like from the perspective of we're sending her to our death. And then in reality, they themselves are the ones who start dying first. <laughs> I know. Like maybe Riker's last uh, dying, maybe his like last thought before he died is, "Gee, I, I should have been transferred to the Enterprise C. Also, I could have been in command." Right, right. He's just dreaming about Riza. About Riza, yeah. He hoping, hoping that he gets he he wakes up in an alternate timeline where he's surrounded by by hot alien babes. He dies too. He doesn't have Counselor Troy with him. She's not. She's not there. In the That's meantime. true. She's just like inexplicably not present. I wonder if Counselor Troy and Guinan could have like done if they got a if they got a Vulcan who like mind melded both of them, and they right. could they could have like feelings amplified. Right. That's how you take a screenshot. You have to mind meld a a Betazoid and an Elorian, and then you get like the the empathy plus the fifth dimensional thought and then you you take a screenshot of the whole universe or something i don't know well what's interesting it's very galaxy brained <laughs> yeah i mean it it so Guinan can tell that this timeline isn't right she has no idea really the map for the future in this which could have i guess been helpful say like yeah we're we're about to die in 10 minutes if if this doesn't happen like that could have been uh really important it's right it's that make it too easy <laughs> it's true they have some level of like conflict and tension right like she can only know so much well yeah yeah i mean she, it's just it's it's odd when you she knows that there are supposed to be children and she doesn't know what's going to happen like an hour in the future I've always thought it's it's like weird for the Enterprise to have children on it, even even as like uh, and and a ship of explore exploration and not like a warship. Like, it's constantly getting in these situations where everybody's getting like thrown into the bulkheads. So it'd be like kids flying everywhere, like kids dropping out the airlocks. Like, it's not not a safe place for kids to be, one way or another. Like, always always struck me as odd. Yeah, but Alex, Alexander, do you writers? <laughs> Alexander got to have his fun at least, right? Got to he got to take the the two weeks that it took to build like a a clay goblet, <laughs> like it gets broken, and he's like, "It took me two weeks to make that," and I'm like, yeah. "Really? Did it did it really take you two weeks to make that goblet? Okay, nope. Maybe they Never maybe they'll do another episode where the yesterday's goblet they go back <laughs> and they get the goblet. They, they they fix it. They prevent it from being broken. Yeah, I mean it's. I keep thinking too about like the 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 rift, and sort of how complex it. It's almost like uh, the rift's almost kind of like magic beans. You can just make them whatever you want them to be when they're going in there. Yeah. It, it, it's such a bizarre. It's such a bizarre convergence where everything has to go right. That it's really kind of one of those things where well, it's just television. That's. Really, the easiest, I know. easiest, easiest way to go about how they how they solve these these issues, and yet, I mean, it, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel forced. I really liked seeing uh, 
it's always fun to see Picard on tactical. Because like, if you got this, <laughs> right, like, if right. you really got this, like, great mind, why is he just sitting in the chair, like, reacting to all this stuff? Why is why is Wesley the one flying the ship? I know this kid, clearly unqualified. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's the number one number. It's the flagship of the whole fleet, and it's uh, it's being piloted by a guy who's not even in Starfleet. Right. It's I almost know. as stupid as making an ensign your first officer. <laughs> yeah. Cough, cough. It, it's one of those things like this episode like like you know you, you just can't think too hard about it. <laughs> it works better if you just don't think too hard about it. <laughs> and yet, I mean, this is an episode with very 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 complex morality that they yeah, yeah. do they do give an extended uh they, they give an extent they grapple with this stuff the fact that you know these are these are messy situations and yeah absolutely i, I mean, feel like the don't think too hard about it rule mostly applies to the temporal mechanics of, of any episode that involves temporal mechanics that rule applies like just don't think about it but i yeah the the, the episodes with like these deep ethical questions are definitely some of my favorite um on star trek I liked the uh, I liked the scene with Tasha and Data in the uh, Turbo Lift lot. Oh yeah, yeah. They got to have a moment, and she's nervous. I mean, I'm 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 just I keep I can't stop thinking about like if Guinan told me you don't belong here, which as a trans person, uh, plenty of people have said that. Uh, right. Uh I mean, a lot of us have been told uh, we don't belong in places for whatever reason, gender. All sorts of I stuff. don't belong here. And Star Trek is kind of like a welcoming, like it's kind of, it's a fandom that lends itself well to like making friends because it's kind of like a welcoming uh, big universe for nerds like us who right, kind of right t- now, right. take comfort and find community in all of this. But yeah, if somebody you don't even know is to say to you like, you don't belong here, it's so... It's like such a stretch to like say like yeah that person's right I don't belong here and not have it be like imposter system imposter syndrome like no I actually don't belong here okay you're right, right. I'm gonna go die bye yeah yeah that's what happened and it's yep I I'm not sure I I think like maybe she probably did. Did she know she was going to die? Maybe. Uh, you you can't know. It's like it's like it's like Schrodinger's Enterprise. Yes, I know. It is. Yeah. Schrodinger's en- Enterprise. Because if she hadn't and she'd been on the ship, she would have died at tactical. So she actually would have we would have seen her death there and it wouldn't have been because right. of Armis. That's true. That's and, true. And you can't even say like that wouldn't uh, I mean, yeah. her death, her death with Armis, like to call that meaningless. I mean, she did die in the line of duty. How is that that's any different true. than if somebody shot her with a phaser? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. It's just like, she, you know, she, instead of a phaser, it's like a blob of metamucil and printer's ink that just like swatted at her, and then she fell over and died with like a big, a big like Gorbachev blob on her face. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, we talked about it a little bit with the skin of evil. Um, I mean, there's something there's something to be said about like we, we we talked about how if she'd gone down like guns blazing, it would have sort of been decidedly untrack. And yet, yeah, the tra- what they did was they switched it so that she did go down guns blazing. She's tactical. They go into they go into 
They don't they don't get the worship. You know, but then you get this closure and then you don't get the closure because it's like, oh, wait, she actually survived. And then she uh, was like captured by the Romulans or whatever. Like they undo all that closure. So they they just like play with your feelings. (laughs) It's a roller coaster of emotions with Tasha's whole character. Yeah, I mean, with those, I guess, also, like, it's just kind of fun because, I mean, this episode was clearly designed to right a wrong, and then the rest of them were like, okay, let's have fun with this. Sever, yeah. Beats, Salah. It's Romulan Sal- Tasha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. She's got, she's always got great hair. Tasha, you I know. I was about to say I love her hair there. Yeah. yeah I was literally about to say she's that. She's always got great hair. Yeah. What's well, funny about the war, like the the proton torpedoes, they could have armed the Enterprise C. It didn't seem like this other, like it didn't seem like the Enterprise D in that timeline was like that great of a warship either. They get yeah. Pre- they get pretty fucked. I know they do. And I, I I suppose they, I don't think it was like spoken on camera or whatever, but I suppose they 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 couldn't like retrofit like the the ship with better weapons or could they i don't even remember but like you would think that they would just do that right yeah yeah but that would that would definitely break some kind of lot like sending you know sending these more advanced weapons into the past is probably pretty unstarfleet thing to do yeah and uh i mean so so is sending like touch i mean they make a big deal out of saying like uh you know, right. they, they point out that Castillo, you know, the your crew people will happily, like, step up, but they were supposed to be decimated. They weren't supposed to have senior officers. It's, I mean, you're, you're, you're making a choice any which way, and not making a choice is also a choice. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this episode, it, it's funny how this episode is really a, a, a shining episode for Guinan. It's a shining episode for Tasha. Yeah, I mean, Captain Garrick is an interesting character. She's really duty-bound. Uh, she's willing to uh, stay and fight. She's willing to go back and die. She's like, yeah, I mean, if you trust this guy in person, like, I, yeah, I guess I could go die. And then she does. I feel like well, just kind of un- unceremoniously with, like, some kind of weird razor thing, shrapnel in her head. Um. Maybe, maybe Picard should have sent Riker back and kept Garrett at his as his new first officer. Right, so he was gonna die anyway. Sounds like. And he could have. Uh, he should have sent Wesley back and kept Castillo at the helm. Yeah, I know. Shooters. <laughs> Just do a little swaparoo with some of the characters. To yeah. Create we'll, a better a better uh, party. We will now take this opportunity to switch up the which I I mean like. If if this was reality, like they probably might have, but the like the thing is, like this is a TV show where they have the you know main cast. They gotta come back. They gotta you know right. these people. This is what we have to do. They can't do an old switcheroo. Well, they rotate opt- the board. They opted not to bring her back, but like the really cute closing scene where uh, Guinan says to Jordy, you know, tell me about Tasha Yar. Yeah, that was sweet. So bet you couldn't have said. Data, tell me about Tashiar. Yes, I'll tell you about. Well. I'll tell you about measure. <laughs> I'll tell you about the episode Measure of a Man. <laughs> yeah. Data's like, have you seen that one? It's, a, it's pretty interesting. Let me tell you about it. That's that's the name of the one where they have sex, right? 
I think so. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Uh, I think Measure of a Man is the one where he has to, Picard has to prove Data's humanity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, when when there's that really weird quote with um, the JAG officer. Uh, I forget her name, but, like, the word JAG officer is, like, really funny to me because it includes the word JAG off in it. (laughs) But um, (laughs) But she's, like, she... She's like, uh, I, I guess it's assumed that she has some kind of weird past fling with Picard. And she she has this weird quote where she's like, um, fuck, I'm forgetting. I'm like totally blanking. It's like, you're one hot man the naked, or something. Like- the naked now is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. Measure of oh, a God. Measure of a is totally late, f- later in the season. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... Ref- remember that awkward quote it's like well you're one piece of man or something something like that i don't know but anyway measure man good good episode maybe maybe we could do another episode on that one i think we're gonna do i think we have we have profit and lace we have Uh, yeah there we go god that's right oh my god I know, I know. Deep Space Nine's my favorite. We actually haven't done Deep Space Nine uh, on the show. That's right, I know. It's my favorite, too. There's no Vulcan. We need to. So we didn't do Ponfar. Uh, we did a couple of Voyagers, and now we've done a couple of Next Generation. I actually, I go I go Deep Space Nine, then the original series. I, I've, I've t- nobody on this show, nobody listening to this show needs to hear me talk about my lust for a certain, he's so unattractive, and yet, I would, he's, I love William Shatner. He is hot. He is very. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. He he aged so poorly. <laughs> Hope he's not listening to this. Sorry. I'll <laughs> he tell like him, yeah. takes offense to stuff on. He Twitter. does not like cisgender. He hates that term. Oh my god! I know. I've seen weird commentary <laughs> from him. If I were, <laughs> he's he's like ninety, and if I knew I had that little time left on Earth, I would I would delete my Twitter. If I, I know, delete it. Just delete it. What so easy. What is to he just like doing? Not, yeah, just log off. Enjoy your life, man. <laughs> go have a pizza party with Riker. Like whatever. Yeah, like, seriously, go eat pizza on Riza. That's not Riza, but uh, yeah, that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Tashiar. As we wrap up, I. I mean, tempted to want to do the. Uh, Romulan ones, that's got to be pretty down, pretty damn down the depth chart in terms of uh, ones to do. But right. it is, um, it was not, you know, very, very seldomly do does television or movies or anything really get to correct a true sin of the past. So for them to go back and say, okay, we screwed up, let's give you another moment. They, they didn't know she'd be back. So right, I, right. I think I mean this episode. St- this episode stands up for a lot of reasons. It's great. It's a great. There's great moral dilemmas. We could talk for hours on the morality of going back, not going back. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Tasha element, the Guinan element, Castillo element. Really fun stuff. It's it's and prune juice and prune juice and prune juice and it, it it's one of those warriors drink yeah <laughs> it's one of those where practically the entire main cast take a total step back it's not a ton of rikers not a ton of data picard gets a lot of moments but they let the it, it, that was something deep space nine was so much better at letting the supporting cast shine this is really one of the few episodes yeah, yeah, yeah. where the guest cast really get to step up and they got a lot of a lot yeah. of really good characters it's it's it it feels 
it it felt like authentic closure. It felt earned, and it, it, yeah, and it's, I think so. Well, it's weird because it it ends in a way that everybody except for Guinan has no idea that it happened, and yet right. television is not for the people who are uh, you know in the crew. It's for the audience, and they delivered on that front. So uh, marvelously, and this episode had so many different writers that. Generally, the more screenwriters something has, the worse it's been. <laughs> that generally means it wasn't good the first time they kept bringing people in. So they have this, right. this hodgepodge that uh, it turned out really well. It and works. I it just works. I just wish the Enterprise could have kept the bisexual lighting for the rest of the show. I, think I know, I know. It's so good. Everybody yeah. just looks hotter. Do it's hotness have, lighting. Do we, have, do we have anything more to say on yesterday's Enterprise? I don't know. <laughs> What's the rating? We give it a rating. No. <laughs> give it a rating. I'll give it a A minus. No, that's uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm, no. I, it really does actually deserve an A. It is a top ten. Next yeah, gen- yeah. It's a top ten I next generation episode. And it's it's yeah. it's one of the first truly iconic episodes of the next generation, which had a lot of stinkers beforehand. Yeah, and they were able, and especially like earlier on, and you know it's season three, so s- still some stinkers there, right? Is that season three? Yes. Am I thinking this correctly? Yeah, um, still some stinkers in season three, but like it's it's a strong like early, I would call that early season episode. Well, yeah, because I mean it, it it's kind of a point where the show's co- like it 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 shows a certain level of comfort that the show is able to build on its own lore. This is also the season where they start to build more on, uh, you know, the original series. Sarek happens later that season. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that the first season, I mean, it, it, there were a lot of a lot of kinks to iron out, but then there's also imposter uh, syndrome of, of not wanting to totally go back and re- recreate things that the original series had done. But I mean, people like if if you do that the right way, it's really good. So I think what they were able to do is kind of say like, okay, let's let's dive back deep into the lore that we've been creating, not actually have lore lore the character in the episode, but <laughs> let's dive into right. our uh, lore and 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 make make something out, uh, out of it. And yeah, and and, and, and and something that can that can like in turn and end up creating like a a ton of new lore in the future that becomes fun like with the romulan stuff so it it tied together a lot of things really well and then it also set the stage for some really good future episodes and future storylines yeah the rug really tied the room together to quote the big, yeah. big lebowski uh, <laughs> exactly. wonderful 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 movie anyway i think uh, i think we covered uh, i think we covered the touch your stuff we I did think. I think we did a good job. Yeah. Well, we will not <laughs> next time. Ne- next time, Nat comes back, we will uh, probably not do the show, or or we definitely won't be doing Taji Yard. But I don't think we'll. I don't <laughs> think we'll do another Next Generation next. I think that'll. Let's do DS Nine. Yeah, DS Nine. <laughs> Both our favorites. Go to so, go to know. go to Tarak Noor. That'd be fun. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'd I like can talk it. forever about Dukat. I can like oh, he, like as a character, I can talk forever about him and his his whole. See, well, that's that's our teaser. Yeah, I'll drop that little tidbit. <laughs> well, you know, as as a member of the LGBTQ community, I I feel I feel like Tasha. I want I wanted to I wanted to spend time with her because she didn't. Uh, she got a raw deal. Yeah, 
But this Absolutely. was this was a step in the right direction. And Denise Crosby, uh, we love her. She opened a lot of doors for a lot of female characters. A uh, lot, yeah. lot of fun. Uh, you know, it, it, it's always great to, to get to go back. And as much as I like doing the stupid episodes, and <laughs> know, there, are, right. there are plenty, it's good to say, look at this and say, you know, an episode like this is really, uh, this is the kind of episode that, that rewards people who put in the work and invest in the series. So that's yeah, really definitely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, I think that's a wrap. Uh, that's a wrap. We have all of Nat's. Uh, I mean, you've probably, if you're listening, uh, checked all of uh, checked out all of the links. We have to give really good people materials stuff to read during the episode, but uh, uh, you can check out Nat Deep Space Nat uh, Pokey the Penguin. Uh, we'll link to all of that. In fact, we'll probably <laughs> just probably just use the links that we used last time. It's always g- great when you have re- <laughs> repeat, repeat guests. You just hit copy yes. and paste. Copy and paste. There right. you go. There you go. So much time saved. What are you gonna do with all that time that oh, you saved? I'm gonna. <laughs> what I'm <laughs> what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go. I'm gonna parlay it. I'm gonna create a rift, and I'm gonna go back and get more. I'm gonna double my time, and then I'm, right. gonna, I'm gonna keep <laughs> going back into the rift until I find Castillo, and then I'm gonna make out with Shooter McCap. No, I would never do that. Perfect. Anyway, <laughs> awesome. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you, Dunant, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>